Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Hello guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your sort of weekly audio source for all things World Wonder Ring Stardom right here on the Pod Mania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined by the self-proclaimed social media influencer, the social media messiah, make, Chris O'Brien himself. I make, jokes, I make some jokes on Twitter because... Um, Gregor of Gregor underscore A-W-A-R-C because art reds girls. Uh, it's very clever. I actually came up with a name. Um, said he was considering watching Ring of Honor because of how I put them over in my videos, which quite frankly, in like reality, I think that's really sweet and really nice. And I do, it does warm my heart whenever someone like shouts out my videos because I do work quite hard on them. But then um i'm like i can't just accept this compliment by saying thank you because that's getting boring so i'm so i read quote tweeted it going i am a social media info and i'm just having fun with it quite frankly i just find i just think it's funny but then you bring it up on the podcast like and trying to paint me in this narcissistic light yeah and i can i'm like quite frankly i can't i'm not narcissistic i've taken a hit because i've lost two twitter followers <laughs> because of changing my twitter to um john pertry was woke as fuck and my bio to england for the english good heavens man <laughs> i hadn't noticed that you changed your bio as well partly because you didn't put a tweet out then saying new bio so i didn't see that um i, I, I had to unfollow the unbooks because of that like i was gonna do it for a while but like we never tweeted so i never noticed mm. and then we started doing this new bio bullshit and it's like like and then everyone started doing new, um, t- really lazy jokes, like changing their bio to new tweet. I'm like, oh Christ, you're so original, you're so handsome. Clearly, I should suck your dick. What the fuck? What? <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? Actually, while we're at it, if I'm walking um, down the, if, while we're if at I'm what? Wa- if, if I'm walking down the pavement, uh. And you're walking towards me, and I step onto the road to give you some social distancing space, and I nod at you as an as a sort of recognition that you exist. I think I've, I've risked my life on this road to not give you the coronavirus, possibly. So please just nod back. I think I've earned that much. Like I'm not asking for like a cookie or for like sodomy or anything like that. Just a nod. That's all I want. Like old man. That's all I want. You fucking old weirdo. How? In the living fuck have we drawn a line between those two? How did you link those in your head? Um, I just thought while I was on the topic of things that annoyed me, to be honest. Right. Okay. Um, There's a Gleek show on today that I'm interested in. Yeah, I've heard. Um, 
speaking of things that annoy us, not Gleet. Um, oh, I'm annoyed by how to admit Gleet existed. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's hard when someone like Show is turning up on the actual, you know, show. Yeah. Um, to be honest, what got, got for me was literally um, the guy who runs the Fangate Twitter. Um, he, I put out, oh, what's your top four promotions of the year? He put Glee, and I continued my little joke of, oh, Glee doesn't exist. Why have you got it there? And then he put the UWF logo. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I, I like you. I like the old UWF. I like, haha, what Glee is? No. <laughs> My uh, ignorance of my ignorance of Gleet did me in there. I forgot you were a Dragon Gate stan now as well. Not Dragon Gate stan. I, I, one of their matches is my is my second favorite match of the year. That's about as far that's gone actually. Like the shows since haven't overly wowed me. They've oh. definitely been shows for like existing fans rather than newcomers, which is fine. Please, please don't say that again because we're going to get inundated with you know open the podcast gate and all sorts. For people who. Watch Dragon, like all the people who Don't already watch Dragon Gate. Don't insult the people Gate. who watch Dragon Gate. No, I love the people. The people who love Dragon Gate are okay. lovely. They, they could tone down the fucking gate jokes. Um, <laughs> but also, like I've never, like I just got loads of followers as soon as I said like Dragon Gate. So like, yay, <laughs> more people. Like it's a very like it's the least gatekeeping wrestling commu- uh, community that's ever tried to invite me into it. It's amazing. Like you try and get into New Japan, and there was like a bunch of even when I got in in 2015, there was a bunch of gatekeepers going, "Well, you we haven't seen Hashimoto versus Chono from 1997." So yeah, actually, that probably didn't happen in 1997. I just picked out a year for my ass. But yeah, like get, even in Stardom, there's a bunch of fucking weird gatekeepers who think it's more complicated than it is. But in reality, Stardom is just simple and poorly booked. Oh, we lasted. Five minutes into the podcast before you brought up the booking. I knew you were going to be sour about that today, but we'll get on to that in a minute. You're sour about the fucking booking too. Don't you sit there pretending like I'm having unfounded bitterness towards how poorly booked these shows were. You're so negative, Chris. I don't understand. You're so negative. I'll tell you what, I can like say what I feel. Rob, or I can be your little whore who goes, oh, yes, I loved it all. I loved, yes, I loved it all. Please sponsor me, Stardom. Please send me your money. No, fuck off. They, they totally booked their build after what a match that's given them the most momentum they've had in a while. It's not been great. Um, no, and we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, First of all, Chris, let's get into some little bits of news. A um, little bit of a rundown of how we're going to do the podcast today. I'm going to run down the news. Now, <laughs> those that listen to the podcast, um, I would say last week, I think it was two weeks ago, the last episode anyway, um, me and Chris didn't exactly put over our points more than just yell at each other about the Utami and Suri match. So what we have decided to do... In my, in my defense, my defense, he started it. Mm, I, mm. You absolutely started it. Do you know what? I'm not going to get irate today. I'm not going to get all up in arms about it. You're not going to wind me up. I'm going to be calm. Mayu, <laughs> Don't say anything about Mayu. Mayu Uvatani is an okay wrestler at best. Yeah. Momo Watanabe is having a better year than her and Momo's not even being pushed. Hashtag Momo's buried. No, she's not buried. She's just better than Mayu. Of course she is. Um, oh, absolutely, yes. What we're going to do is we're going to just... Basically, I said on the Discord afterwards that I had all these things I wanted to say about the match, and they all got lost in the heat of the confrontation. So 
Um, we're just going to basically go over the match again and just talk about the different things. We've both watched it again. Um, so we've both got different points of view. We're not going to shout over this up of each other. Ultimately, a matter of opinion is a matter of opinion. So we're going to talk about that again. Um, we're going to talk about some of the results. And as Chris mentioned, the aforementioned, in inverted commas, poorly booked build to... In inverted commas, it is a poorly booked... You agree with me. Why are you fucking painting me as unreasonable? In inverted commas, poorly booked build to Yokohama Dream Cinderella in summer. And then we're going to preview that card because this will be the last podcast that we do before the show on Sundays well, we record. I- I had a heart attack for a second. This will be the last show we do. It's like, what? <laughs> Why do you never tell me this thing before we go on air? <laughs> Stop surprising me on the podcast, damn it. Um, just a little bit of a disclaimer. We are not going to run through every single match from the six we shows. Because we can't. We just... We... No, it's not, that we can't, it's not like we haven't stopped and seen them. At the point of yesterday, which quite frankly is a good cutting off point, Considering we're recording this in the morning, um, only three matches from the um, road to Yokohama in um, I, I can't say that fucking name. Um, Hago date, Hago date, Hago date. The one from the twenty seventh. Yeah. Nope, that's still not up yet. Yeah, there's three matches up from. But I'm on the wrong one. Um, the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth. Yeah. Only three matches were up, and then two afterwards. We just haven't bothered. Although time limit draw makes sense. Time limit draw. Both times it was Queen's Quest versus Stars. What the fuck? Am I? <laughs> have I just opened? I've opened the same show twice. You uh, muppet. Um, it's like we we shows look very similar. Oh, they are. Oh, right. Um, yeah, all these shows are very similar. Yeah. Well, they've no, run shows on the 19th, the 20th, the 23rd, the 24th, the 26th, and the 27th. But at the time of recording... Chris, the Golden Week is something that's like ever, most days of a week. Jesus. I know. There was no 24th up as of this morning um, when I finished watching all the matches that I was going to watch. And there's only half the 26th card up and none of the 27th. So I know that matches from the 24th have been added... Um, but we just haven't had time to watch them for the podcast, so we're just going to fill you in on the results. Um, the title match, the Artist of Stardom title match from the 26th, hasn't been uploaded to Stardom World yet. It's the one match that hasn't been uploaded, so we'll just give you the results of that. If you don't want to hear it, then obviously you know, just skip ahead in the podcast, but we're not going to go through every single match. We're going to go through the main story beats of the main matches of the main stories heading into the pay-per-view, which is Starlight Kid, Unagi and Mina, and Micah um, are basically the main storyline beats that we're going to pick up from these six shows because, as you already mentioned, Chris, a lot of the cards were very, very similar, and though the match quality was good, you are, all, you know, you're not going you to have many different... Good, exactly. You're not going like, to have... That's the least you should expect from a wrestling promotion, that they have good wrestling. <laughs> you're not going to have many Oida Tai versus DDM matches that are different, especially in, you know, shows I from Mutsu and the, things like that. Do they even have a match together on the card? I don't think they do. Um, no, they so don't. Annoying. No, they yeah, don't. So, it was great idea to pair them off. Jesus fucking Christ. Right, so just kicking into some news, and they are just little nuggets of news, nothing nothing absolutely huge. Um, 
we're going to start. Saya Kamatani um, is the latest on the injury list. She was reported as going to be missing the 26th and the 27th of June with an injury. I can't seem to find anything that says why she's injured or what what her injury is. Um, hopefully, she will be okay for the 4th of July, um, where obviously she's going to be matched up with Tam for the white belt. But let's not forget that this is what they did for Himika, fought about for the pay-per-view, and then she's had to have a month off. So fingers crossed that's not what's going to happen with Saya Kamatani. Hopefully someone's going to be able to come into the Discord or, you know, in Twitter or on YouTube and be able to tell us what is actually the matter with Saya Kamatani. Hopefully it's nothing too serious because she's been on a bit of a tear recently. Um, have you heard anything, Chris, as to why she's out or? Um, aliens. I knew you were going to say something stupid. You're in. You're just in one of them moods, aren't you? Are you wine drunk again? No, I'm drinking coffee. Oh, okay. tr- do you, do you, have you watched Community? No. Oh, you've watched Community, you fucking heathen. I've got a Troy and Abed in the morning mug. Troy and Abed in the morning. I'm sure that's got over big with the people that have watched Community before. Yeah, but one of the best sitcoms ever made. That, is a, that is a bold claim. It is a bold claim, and I stand by it. Top three sitcoms ever made. Right, go on. For the sake of argument now, what are your three top sitcoms? Okay, does Bojack Horseman count? You are not putting that in the top three, surely. Yeah, Bojack Horseman scrubs community. Oh, you're such a Gen Z cunt, honestly. Oh, I'm sorry that I was born after 1996, Robert. Honestly. Bo- what, because I like, I love Bojack Horseman? How is that in your top three of sitcoms? Think of all the sitcoms that you haven't listed in that top three. In the top three, it's almost like there's only room for three sitcoms, I Robert. know, so why is Bojack Horseman in there? Because it's one of the best sitcoms. It makes you feel so many things. It's about a man who's a horse. Yeah, yeah. if you can't get past that initial premise, Robert, I don't know how you watch television. Honestly, I just... Do you know what? I'm... I'm... Imagine you watching Star Wars. That man's green. This is bullshit. But they profess to be aliens. It's set in space. It is set in space, but he doesn't profess to be an alien. It's in a world where animals also live. Like, how's that so hard for you to understand? The fact that you are attempting to try and rationalise the man horse is unreal. Yeah, that's part of the fucking humour, Robert. It's a comedy show. Oh, look, that man's a horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we do little visual humours with uh, animals in the show. It's quite good. Right, where are your top three, then? It's quite good. It's quite good, but it makes your top three. No, I didn't... If I said great, we'd just go on to a further fucking argument. You're just not <laughs> willing... Like, I have a feeling you just watched the first episode and were like, no, he's a horse, no, fuck that. What's your top three, then? Ooh, now then. It's it's difficult because a load of sitcoms, like the first couple of seasons, are great, and then they're just shit. Yeah, like actually, you know what? An awful apart from BoJack, who has, um, I believe it's six really good seasons. It, um, Scrubs has a really bad last season and a really mediocre seventh, and then Community has a bad fourth, which then gets back on track on the fifth and sixth. The problem, but then the cast started leaving it was a bit unfortunate. Um. So, like, in terms of sitcoms that are good all the way through, the only one I can really think of is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Agreed. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine doesn't really have a down season, does it? 
No, um, that's meh episodes, but yeah, it's got some meh episodes. But what show doesn't? I mean, you look at you know even things like Friends. You know, had some really the shit seasons. The, the whitest thing in the world. <laughs> Um, it, took, it took them 10 years to have someone date someone of colour. And they dated so many people. Like, surely, from, just from fucking... <laughs> just in terms of pure statistics, it must have happened at some point and they chose not to show it. Maybe. Um, what's it? It's the same. Big Bang Theory is the same. Had three oh. great seasons and then was shit I, afterwards. I absolutely fucking despise for Big Bang Theory. It was the first three seasons are great. The first three seasons I really enjoyed, think, and then I it was just they, like I think oh. they were acceptable for the first three seasons. And then they just they overdid Sheldon. They overdid every aspect of Leonard the show. They man- blew up. Leonard is a manipulative little shit. Yes, he is one hundred percent. He's fact, a twat, and we're supposed to pull fact, for him. The fact that um, Howard, the fucking creep, ended up being the best person out before. <laughs> Just yeah, ridiculous. Um, poor, poor writing. Poor writing. How I Met Your Mother is they booked themselves into a hot. They wrote themselves into such a corner yeah, with that show. Because apparently they decided on the ending in season two, and it's like, don't do that. <laughs> like shit changes. It's a sitcom. It's yeah. That again. That had five really good seasons, and then that, met. I would argue they didn't really have. Um, a bad season. They just had. They just really didn't stick the landing, which retroactively made the last few episodes, but um, the last few seasons bad. I really dislike the last season. Really, not just because of the fact that we've built up. You know, spoilers for those who've never watched um, How I Met Your Mother, but the fact that we built to meet his mother and then the mother dies and he ends up with Robin anyway. Right. No, yeah, fuck okay. off. His his thing. You're stalling. You haven't given me a top three yet. Um. I'm going to go retro. These are in no particular order. Um, Only Fools and Horses um, is tremendous. Um, I've actually never seen Only Fools and Horses. The humour is... It was never on as it was Really, it was never on as a kid. Really? Yeah, it was, it was, well, it was on like UK TV Gold. I was just going to say, time, it, was, it was on repeat on UK TV Gold. But at the time, I'm not sure if it's changed now, but at the time you needed Sky <clears throat> to get that, and we didn't have Sky, so... Ah, right. Before the days of Freeview. Well, no, it wasn't before the days of Freeview. It just abs- it just wasn't on Freeview. Ah. Uh, um, it's difficult not to put Brooklyn Nine-Nine in there. Um, <laughs> see, oh, the first six seasons of The Office, the US Office. I've actually only started watching that recently. I'm on season three now. It's, it's really good. But then I, I, again, I like every other US comedy... It goes on too long. To yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It just goes on too long. I'm so um, relieved that Brooklyn Nine Nine's ending this year. It's like good. We can have one more good season, and then we can't say it ever got bad. Yeah, exactly. It got, it got awkward, but it didn't get bad. Um. Yeah, the U.S. Office, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't think you'll have seen Spaced, will you? No. Spaced is really good. It's okay, um, can... Simon Pegg <laughs> and Nick Frost. Oh, I would probably like that, man. Um, do you think that the fact we go on so many tangents is part of our charm, or do you think it's limiting us? I think it's probably why we'll, why we'll never get sponsorship. <laughs> um... <laughs> it could make it, it, it segues. <laughs> <laughs> is it, though? It, and, do and we make good segues? Things, um, 
Now we're we'll talking about things that make you laugh. Audible has a selection of very good comedy. Yeah, let's get back into the news then. Um, it was reported on Twitter, actually, by quite a few people. It was retweeted um, that Dave Meltzer had written something about the Stardom World subscriptions. And I just want to read this little bit to you from the Observer newsletter. And it was retweeted by a lot of people. And I, I can't remember. I think I might have taken this from Armani Shoe Exchange. It was either them or Dragon Moon, but I can't remember off the top of my head, so I'll shout both of them out. Um, this is what's been written anyway. Stardom has been showing great growth in its streaming service based on word of mouth from the Budokan show in March with the Julia versus Tam hair versus hair match and then had another great boost from the Utami versus Suri title match. Subscriptions have increased worldwide by 10% after just that match was released on the service just in this past week. So the show has increased, the subscriptions has increased by 10% just in the week um, after Tokyo Dream Cinderella, which is amazing. From the date of the purchase of the company by Bushi Road, Stardom World subscriptions have doubled and the service is now looking at doing a $1 million profit this year, which isn't gigantic or anything, but for a small company, that's incredibly healthy. Um, that's from I hate I hate that one million dollars isn't considering considered big. Yeah, that's more money than I can ever hope to earn in my life. I don't think I'm ever going to see a million dollars ever. I'm, pro- I'm probably not going to see a thousand pounds for a lot for a long time. <laughs> um, what jumps out at you then from there, Chris? What what? How are you feeling about it, that? I think it's disingenuous of him to not mention the Stardom cast. I <laughs> there is a direct parallel between I'm, I'm, Stardom success. And... I mean, when, when did we start? Right after the Bushi Road purchase. It's only went up since then. I mean, anyone who before, thinks that they aren't we, intrinsically linked is obviously extremely foolish. Before we go on, because apparently Rob doesn't know what a joke is. I am joking. <laughs> the <laughs> show is not taken out of context if someone ever wants to cancel me. Um, <laughs> um, it, it makes sense. They have, with Beastie Road, they have a bigger um, force behind them to push them up and they've been running bigger shows which naturally brings in bigger audiences and it is healthy growth i i, I don't bother myself a lot with stardom's bottom line because it just leaves people going well it's profitable they're x facto these flaws aren't here and stardom is really really fucking flawed right now um but it's good for them i guess absolutely but, absolutely um, it's healthy but all people in the club can only be a good thing. I just hope we don't do a New Japan or an NXT or a Ring of Honor or basically anyone else, whoever gets big, where we lean into their worst tendency because that's what they think makes them good. Yeah. The Johnny Gargano effect is what I call it. You don't want to over-westernize the product. No, it's not even over-westernize. Like, um, leaning more into epic-style long time run times that, that can be burning your candle at both ends. We've seen that with New Japan. Mm. Um and we are objectively leaning into more epic style things. Um leaning into the draws. Which we'll get into, certainly. Um But yeah, we, we, we Sardom haven't been growing this much um by this much long enough for us to say whether or not they're going to do that. I just hope they don't do that. Yeah. Um from a positive standpoint, you know, I, I agree with everything you said. You haven't said anything I disagree with. Um, yeah. But the fact that the subscriptions have grown by 10% in the week that followed Tokyo Dream Cinderella, 
that's an astonishing statistic and that shows how much of a buzz there is about the promotion at the moment you know on the back of you know what was a good pay-per-view but on the back of what was a stellar match um you know people wanting to check out the product is great there's something we need to find wasn't it where west kingdom 11 was by the most part an okay show with the exception of a top three main events but very very good Mm. Like oh, you yeah. had, um, because on it you had what God versus who would God face then? Someone shit. It it would have been some manner of God and Killer Elite Squad. Killer Elite Squad. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, like it wasn't today where we tried to make Wrestle Kingdom great top to bottom. It was like a build, and then you got Kashida Takahashi, which was incredible. Outstanding. Um, Naito versus Tanahashi, which in hindsight is my favorite match on the show. It was a really, really, really good match. That was really good. And then Omega Okada, which was okay. Um... <laughs> you may have heard of it. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, I didn't hear about Wrestle Kingdom. I heard about Omega Okada. And then I found exactly. um, people didn't hear about Tokyo Dream Cinderella. Yeah, didn't hear exactly. about Tokyo Dream Cinderella Special Edition. Um... <laughs> no, they knew about Utami versus Suri. Yeah. And then they might have checked out. Um, they might have checked out the the other matches. They got for star plot, plot. What did he give him? Uh, no, he, he was actually quite generous to some of these. He did. He gave the Cinderella final. I think he gave that four stars. He gave the stars versus Soida tie tag match four stars, and then obviously he gave um, Suri versus Utami five and a half. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's not based. Um, as an as an as an expanding, I'm I'm still not fa- a massive fan of like it sort of just make your lower ratings mean more instead of just expanding. I don't know. It's meh. Anyway, let's. I I don't care about Meltzer that much. I don't know why I'm talking about it. Anyway, um. Oh yeah, because we're talking about Meltzer. Um. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm happy for more people to be in the Stardom Club. Hmm. Like I'm not one of those people who don't want the things they like to be big. In reality, I'd like it to be bigger because I like the look of stardom in a big arena. Yeah, their presentation um, for their bigger shows has been fantastic recently. Oh, the pre- the production for Tokyo Dream um, earlier this month, what, I, I don't know, it's July now. Ew. Um, last month um, was incredible. Those um, crane shots were oh, insane. Really, like, really good. Everyone felt like a big deal on that show. Um which isn't the booking, it's for production. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it can't only be a good thing. Again, wrestling has a um, trend of leaning into its worst tendencies when it gets big. I just hope Stardom bucks that trend. Yeah. Um, final thing on this. Um, having more eyes on wrestlers like Mayu Iwatani, Yutami, Siori, Julia, Tam... You know, exposing. You didn't mention Mo. You didn't mention Momo buried. Oh, hashtag Momo is buried. Um, uh, but okay, so yeah, for the wrestlers, yeah. But also, I really hope that just doesn't mean WWE catch sight. Well, yeah, there is that, of course. There is that, of course. Like, there's like we've signed some weirdo, fu- weirdo fucking signings from the, um, from like I, for one, I didn't expect them to ever sign Hidaki fucking Suzuki. No, no, that was I a weird t- one. I didn't see, like, don't get me wrong, he's fucking incredible. He's better than most of the people in NXT. But why would WWE, well, obviously they want him because he's probably a better promo than Roderick Strong. 
Um, who, who are, oh, J.O. Kurushia. Yep. That was fucking weird. <sighs> what the fuck? Like, even someone like Sari, I even get because we've had really good success with Joshi's of WWE. And um, I wouldn't say they've had great success. They've had more success with them than they've had with the males. I mean, yeah, because um, people seem more inclined to buy their t-shirts. Yeah, they've done a good job with EO. They did a good job in NXT with Kyrie, and then Botcher on the main roster. Asuka, they've done brilliant with in NXT, and then they've done fits and starts on the main roster. Um, sorry, I'm, seems I'm to be in, ter- I'm looking good. in terms of like unfair, not. Oh, I booking. see what you mean. I see what you mean. Well, Uzi's just gone to two hundred five live. What zero? Yeah. Well, we need to. It's basically just him and Tazawa. <laughs> There's three people on the roster now. It's just going to be one long triple threat every show. Oh, it's going to be like so. It's going to be like the All Japan main event film uh, last week. Yeah, exactly. What 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 a match! Go out your way to watch it. It's long, but it's good. I liked it. Um, moving on, then I wanted to talk a little bit about the Yokohama ticket sales, but I think I'll do that. Um, as we talk about the show and preview that show at the end of the at the end of the episode, so I want to move on to uh, the announcement of the marvelous card. And there's a reason I'm bringing this oh, up. Lovely. Um, marvelous has announced the card for their fifth anniversary show at Corrigan Hall on the 19th of July, and it's celebrating Takumi Iroha's in-ring return. Obviously, she's been out for a while with, I believe, with a leg injury, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe it was an ACL injury she's been out for i think in fact i'm sure it's nine months she's been out i could be so, wrong the marvelous is five now marvelous is five now yeah apparently yeah i can legally drink where in the world can a five-year-old legally drink chris international waters <laughs> um the card is as follows uh you've got rin katakora Versus Mayu Iwatani, which should be very, very good. Uh, oh, Rob thinks the Mayu match, match is going to be very, very good. Surprise. Big surprise. Mate, everyone knows it's going to be good. No, I really like Rin, to be fair. Every time I've seen Rin, apart from that initial six-woman, which got our tag match of the year last year when it was Marvelous versus Queen's Quest. Oh, yeah, because she was like the only one who didn't do anything of note. Exactly. Well, they had a storyline going Kumi... forward with Mei Hoshizuki, and they had a storyline going forward with Aroha, so she was just yeah. sort of shunted like, to the side. It's like um, Aroha was like the big beast that Queen's Quest had to top her, and then Mei was just like, kick, kick. Yeah. Kick. But yeah, Rin <laughs> has shown that she's gonna, she is really good in ring, so I've got <laughs> Nothing but high hopes for that match. She's a good wrestler, yes. Um, a tag match then between uh, Mia Momono and Starlight Kid versus Mei Hoshizuki and Azumi. That's going to be fast. That is going to be very, very, very good. Very good. Um, spoiler, Starlight Kid is all over our episode today because she's fucking fantastic. And I mean, also, she's in a lot of matches. <laughs> she is, but... She's fucking fantastic. And we've seen the chemistry that Mei Hoshizuki and Azumi have both in matches together and against each other. So, yeah, I don't know a lot about Mio Momono, but, you know, you're in a match with Starlight Kid, Mei Hoshizuki and Azumi. So, I know when we come to review it, I'm going to have a lot of issues saying her name. (laughs) 
Um, and then we have got uh, Takumi Aroha's return match uh, where she is facing Hibiki. Now, I don't know anything about Hibiki, Chris. Are you familiar? Do you know anything about her? Um, I can hear um, you cage matching it. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's have a look. She is 22 years old. Okay. Um, she has wrestled in Marvelous, obviously, and, Sen- and Sendai Girls, and Pro Wrestling Wave. Um, she has some notable matches against Dash Chisaka, who I know about because Val keeps putting her over. Um, she has not won any championships, but she is. Been going for six years. Trained by Jaguar Yakota, Karu Ito, Ito, Kyoko Inoue, and I'm not even going to attempt to say that. She's five foot two, Robert. Um, the fact that you've rough... got all this information just off the top of your head, Chris, is quite astonishing. You are an encyclopedia for wrestling knowledge. Wait, um, weighs about 165 pounds. Roughly. Um, Roughly. Roughly, okay. Um, and it's currently wrestling for Marvelous. That's Women's Pro Wrestling. Thank that's you very cool, much. That's, incre- that's an incredible. Marvelous. That's Women. Oh, I, th- <laughs> I thought, you, thought you were trying to tell people at home that Marvelous was Women's Wrestling. I was like... No, that's the name of the promotion. I'd Marvelous. forgotten that was that's the actual name of wrestling. the promotion. That's amazing. I don't know what's better, that or seedling names. Um, Seedling yeah, names are just fucking weird. To be fair, you, you apparently have no tolerance for suspension of disbelief of your views on Bojack Horseman's to be believed. So, um, Moving on from Marvelous then, uh, last bit of news, and it, it's stardom-related in a way. Um, Jamie Hayter, um, who, of course, part of a weeder tie, um, hasn't been back since the start of the pandemic. Um, she and Sky Smithson, um, are attending NXT UK tryouts. This is on the back of it being widely reported that B Priestley will be debuting soon under the name Blair Davenport. Um, <laughs> it's not the worst name in the world. Davenport. What's wrong with the name Davenport? It sounds like some. It sounds like a shit English seaside town. What? So go, where do you want? Where do you want to go for your holidays this year, Dave? We can either go to Southport or Davenport. <laughs> Staycation, all I ever wanted. Right. Okay. So, so aside from that, um, it looks like she is going to go to NXT UK. She's vacated the Rev Pro Women's Championship, which she was supposed to defend against the aforementioned Sky Smithson. Um, so it looks like that is going to happen, I would have thought. Um, it's a shame because, judging from her Twitter, she's now in absolutely phenomenal shape. Um, so it would have been really, really good to see her adding some muscle to a wheeler tie, but it looks like that is not to be a thing, Chris. Are you going to miss Jamie? Um, yeah, I thought she had potential. She was only getting better. I'll probably never see it again because who the fuck watches NXT UK? For people who watch it, swear it's underrated, but also I don't trust the people who go out their way to watch NXT UK. <laughs> like, 
Who thinks I have an hour to kill? Let's watch. And you can do so much in an hour. Episode of Doctor Who. Four episodes of classic Doctor Who. Make a coffee. Play some Spider-Man. Read some Spider-Man. Have I, have I drawn this out too long? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, uh, just a little bit. Um, yeah, it's going to be a shame to see it go. Yeah. But again, half of... Um, <laughs> The Gaijin Ross has joined NXT UK now because, as in, um, Bobby Tyler also signed for NXT UK. Yeah, under Steve, I think she's Stevie Turner. Stevie Turner. Yeah. Um, That's a better name. So the only ones really that haven't gone to NXT UK are Zoe Lucas and Session Moth. Oh, Zoe Lucas, incredible. Yeah, great. I can't wait to have her back. Um,. So, yeah, I don't know what sort of guys in representation because obviously we had Layla Hirsch as well, who was part of oh, Tokyo Cyber Squad. She's currently in AEW. Yeah, we don't fucking do anything with her. So, I think we could probably get a booking. Yeah, um, if she's only on Dark. That's the Australian scene. I don't know anyone in the Australian scene. Neither uh, apart do I. from um, Charlie Evans, who's tied to um, Sendai Girls and Jessica Troy. She's good. She'd fit in. Where, which faction would you put her with? Uh, stars, they need something. <laughs> they do need something. They do need something, Jesus Christ. Um, right, let's let's move on then um, from the news to our thoughts on Utami and Suri. Obviously, there's been a tremendous amount of response to this match. And Chris, I'm going to throw to you in a minute because I know you've watched it again. You've got thoughts. Um, again, just to reiterate, we're not being as confrontational as we were in the last episode. Um, yourself, you can't. <laughs> we're going to just put over our own thoughts on the match. Um, I said before on the on the previous episode, the amount of coverage that this match has got is unbelievable from the people who were talking about it, from Tom Lawler to ESPN. Stephen Larson were talking about it from going in raw. I was like, what? It just didn't seem right coming out of Steve's mouth, but even so, you know, so it's permeated many corners. I miss when we used to do top tens of Machinima. Jesus, you're getting back some Machinima, Jesus. Yeah, I was a teenager, and I'd say I was happier, but you know, that's a lie, I was a teenager. (laughs) Nobody's Um, happier as a teenager. Um, But no, I'll be honest, that is the only way I know about anything that's going on in WWE, because I listen to their podcast, that's the only way. Um, but yeah, Chris, um, Meltzer gave it five and a half stars. And I know you don't give a shit about, you know, Meltzer's ratings, but it is worth bringing up as, you know, it's the first Joshi match in, I think, 26 years to get a five-star rating from Dave Meltzer. And I know he hasn't watched, you know, a boatload of Joshi since the folding of, um, All Japan Women, but even so, it's still a massive accolade to have. Um, but yeah, so... I don't put much stock into what Melts waits um over five stars after was was he fucking right? Um Shingo um Okada from the G one, he gave it over five stars, I'm pretty sure. He gave it five <laughs> and like, a half, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not at all like even with my pro- misgivings about this match, that's not they're not in the same league. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. I thought it was a great match, the Shingo and Okada I, I match. I thought it was a good match. It was certainly front. Okada's best G1 match, but... I mean, yeah, but, like, it's like saying that 
in a cucumber in a salad full of cucumbers, you're savoring the lettuce because it's the best part. I mean, cucumbers are. Cucumbers is a garbage festival for garbage people and it spreads its taste. It's the fucking STD, STD of vegetables. It is rank. It is rank. And you can taste and, it for days as well. Yeah, and anything it touches, it spreads its taste. And it's yep. like, none of that. None of this at all. Never. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, and for those people that say cucumber hasn't got a taste, fuck off. Oh, do you, you know who doesn't have taste? Those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, so... You rewatched the match. You said you got some thoughts. You wouldn't tell me your thoughts until the podcast, so I'm waiting with eager ears. Go oh, for ca- it. You call me out when you do that. You don't tell me fucking things I need to know for the podcast. <laughs> like today's our last episode, apparently. Um. Okay. Well, I, I wouldn't surprise me if you fucking did that. Um, okay, so... Even with... I'm going to get on to my possibly amended thoughts about the bit in the middle in a second. As a match, it is really, really good. Um, but it's brutal. And and it escalates well. Like I really like the grappling exchange at the start's really good. Like and it makes sense given who both of them are and how both of them wrestle. It does make it kind of obvious that they're working towards a thirty minute draw, but you know that that's fine. You don't predictability doesn't need to be a bad thing. Mm. Um and then it only continues they're very clearly knocking lumps out of each other and it's palatable how um, hard they're going. And in the second half, it does have a different cadence. They are more going for the win than they were in the first half. Um, I still don't like the, the finish that much, but I do like the big Emerald Flosion. I forgot to mark out about that last time because I do like me and Emerald Flosion. <laughs> um... I thought Stuart Fulton did a really good good job on commentary. He was really excitable. Sonny was fair. Um, in terms of the booking, okay, so like I completely understand if Stardom want to start running these longer matches. I, I completely get that. And honestly, if there wasn't that gap in the middle, I'd be probably singing the praises of this match along with everyone else. But the gap destroyed the pace, and I thought if you're going to do something as major as an extended time limit because it is a big deal going forward it sets the precedent going forward i don't think it should be a spur of the moment decision i think it should be something that's lent a bit more weight than it was because mm. as it was it was kind of just kind of have more time okay sure i do think um because it doesn't look like we have any um thoughts on expanding the time limit and to be honest, if anyone does go for a draw, if a, if a draw ever does happen in um, a title match again, people are going to look stupid if they don't ask for the extended time limit. And also, I we're going to go into it later, but I think the amount of draws on house shows kind of diminished the effect of the draw on this show. Because it's like, oh, but it goes to a draw, makes sense, it started. Um, I'm less militant as I was beforehand, mostly because I knew it was going to happen. So, like, I'm not. So, I have a clearer thought on the second half. And if again, if we were going to do something as major as add the second half, this extra time, I think it should have went to a win to someone. Mm. If they wanted, like, 
if they ran a match like they did for the first half, and then Shiri was like, I'll face you another time, and the next time they faced, they decided to have an extended time limit, and they had the exact same match, exact same cadence, and that ended in the draw, I wouldn't have a problem. It's li- I think it's literally just because I think something as major as changing the rules of a title match shouldn't be an on-the-fly thing. Fair enough. I don't want to talk over you, so are you are you done, or is there anything else you want to add before I go? Well, if I want to add, um, do we get do I get a dental plan? Right, I'm, I'm going to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hear what you're saying about the time limit draw, and you know that's that's a fair enough opinion. Um, for me, there was a couple of things that I didn't quite get over in my not in my argument last time, but in my analysis of the match. Um, there's no point in me going through this match beat by beat and saying how good it is in ring. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you'll have seen this match and you know how good the in ring action is. You know that German suplex onto the eight onto the, the so the standing on the outside, Utami doing that German suplex to Suri and her smashing a head on the corner of the apron, horrendous. The air raid crash onto the apron, disgusting. The Emerald Flosion that you spoke about, Chris, the underarm suplex off the top rope into the Kimura lock, a thing of oh, that, that, beauty, a that thing of fun. beauty. Um, and you know, hopefully, I managed to put that over in the last podcast. The thing I didn't put over in the last podcast is the emotion. I was talking to Armani Shoe Exchange on the Discord, and they put forward a really, really good thread on why you know this as a one-off thing was okay. It was a unique thing. I completely understand where you're coming from, Chris. In future, but looking just at this match for a moment, the emotion of both competitors. You think about you, Tommy. We spoke about it last week. Utami has been red belt champion since November. And so far, she's been shunned from main eventing Budokan. She See, didn't. Again, we don't have, that's not the problem. The problem is they was, when she was shunned from headlining Yokohama. Exactly. That was what I was going to say. She was shunned from headlining Yokohama. And she came out in an interview and said that really upset her. So now she's on a stage in the main event wanting to prove, feeling like she's got something to prove, okay? She wants to be the best. She wants to put on those bangers. You've got Suri who wants to complete her legacy, okay? She's come in from the world of MMA. She's won the SWA, the goddess, the artist. She wants to complete that legacy. She sees the red belt as that completion of her legacy, you know, she's lost her mother recently. She wants to be strong like her mother. She wants to have that core like her mother. So to have a loss for either woman is just, it's a no-go for either of them. They have to push through the pain. They have to throw everything at each other and they have to make sure that they get up again. And the emotion that that evokes in the watcher leads to this phenomenally unique match and then we get to the end of the 30 minute draw and they ask Rossi for another however long they want an ad- they want additional time and again it was said on our discord that even Rossi was caught up in the emotion of the match and he was caught up between you know the chemistry between Utami and Suri and that's what led to the second part of the match the brutality of the second match, gone with the mat exchanges, gone with the forearm exchanges, gone with 
the submission exchanges that made up a good portion of that first part of the first section of the match. It was just bombs. And you sensed that not only were they going for the killing blow, but more and more desperation was eking into this match because they had to win for their own reasons. They had to win. Utami to prove herself, to prove herself as this champion, the figurehead of stardom that she doesn't feel like she's been treated as, and Suri to prove to herself, you know, that she is as strong as her mother, that she's got this core of her mother to complete that legacy. And I think that that storyline of both women coming in with that thing that they want to prove in this match, not only do they want to be champion, but they've got that thing to prove to everyone else and most importantly to themselves. And that's why I'm not a fan of time limit draws. I've never been a fan of time limit draws. And trust me, as we get onto this podcast and you know the results in the build up to Yokohama, you'll see that there are more that I don't agree with. But here where both women have given everything they possibly can for the for their respective causes. They've drained themselves. They are emotional husks, having literally left everything in the ring. Do you know what? The draw makes sense. Utami couldn't beat Suri, so it sets up another match down the line, which I am more than happy for. And we will get a result there, 100%. Suri didn't lose but she didn't win. So she hasn't quite proved it to herself yet. It's building another match, which is fantastic. I can't wait. But this once, as a unique wrestling moment, I'm completely fine with it. I understand why people aren't. I am completely cool if people aren't. And I understand the trepidations going forward if it does lead to other things not being taken seriously. Like, say, you know... Tor and Utami go 30 minutes and then Tor asks for another 15 minutes, you know, God forbid. That's that's something we'll talk about if it happens. But for now, as a singular entity, as a unique moment in wrestling history, I adored this match. Absolutely adored this match on an emotional level. And those people who are on our Discord... Please go, I think it's on the podcast episodes thread, I think, maybe. Um, go and check out Armani Shoe Exchange's rundown of the match and their thoughts on it. It's really, really good. We should um, probably just start a blog already. Should probably what? We should probably start a blog because you put it over every podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this little section of the podcast isn't for me and Chris to argue about this match. We did more than enough of that on the last episode if you want to go and hear us shout at each other for half an hour go and check out episode 34 but this it was just a chance for us to get over what we didn't get over in the last episode so with that being said um i'm not gonna ask for your star rating chris because there's no point i I didn't give one exactly you gave it no rating because you know you were torn and that's absolutely fine 
Which it's funny because we were talking about this earlier because it sort of shows how fucking trivial ratings are because by bat standard it's as good as Muto. Like if you were just going purely on ratings, it's as good as Muto versus Go and Muto versus Kano, which is of course ridiculous. Muto versus Kano is much better. Kano set his foot on fire. <laughs> I knew you'd try and put over that match. <laughs> he, he set his fucking foot on. You know what? If any of these shows involve fucking Ruaka setting her foot on fire and kicking someone, I I I, I would put the show over more. Fair enough. But, you know, it's not going to happen. So I'm a coward. Um, right. Let's, we, we'll move on from that a little bit. I, I have still given it five stars, um, but there we are. Moving not on. five and a half. You're burying your tummy. <laughs> I haven't even talked about Momo. Um, let's move on to a couple of the results heading into the next pay-per-view, which is on the 4th of July, Yokohama Dream Cinderella in summer. Um, again, like I said, we're not going to go through every single match because we we haven't watched every single match. I'll be damned if I'm watching Rina versus Lady C from, you know, in a four-minute match at the start of a card. I haven't watched any Fuku and Death you, matches. You're a fake fan, Goodwin. I am. You're right. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each of the cards, read through all the results, and then we'll go... Like, we'll talk about different matches. Um, so we'll start with the show from the 19th of June, which was Stardom in Shizuoka, which was from the Shimizu Marine building in front of 275 people. The results were as follows. Uh, Rina defeats Lady C in 4 minutes and 28 seconds. Momo defeats Hina in 5 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, Six-woman tag, Donna Del Mondo, Julia Micah, and Suri defeated the Oida Tai team of Fukin Death, Konami, and Saki in 13 minutes and 48 seconds. A match I know that Chris wants to talk about in a second, the six-man or the six-woman tag team match, Cosmic Angels, uh, Mina Shirakawa, Tam Nakano, and Yunagi Sayaka versus Queen's Quest, Azumi Saya, and Utami went to a 15-minute time limit draw. And the main event, um, which I've got a lot to say about, and I'm sure, you know, anyone that's been watching Stardom will, you know, want to hear about Starlight Kid. Um, Oida Tai defeated Stars, the Oida Tai team, Natsukatora, Ruwaka, and Starlight Kid defeated the Stars team, Hanan Kaguma and Mayu Iwatani in 15 minutes and 36 seconds when Starlight Kid pins Hanan with a moonsault. So, Chris, um... I wonder what you could possibly want to talk about of this card. So Mina Shirakawa is the best wrestler in the world. No, no, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to save my rant about time limit draws for when we're reviewing how we thought, think about the build as a whole. I think they're stupid. Um, I think we're overused. Um, we'll get into it. Um, this match itself was fine. It was fine. It was good. It was an unremarkable tag match that didn't need a draw. Um, Mina and Unagi did about as well as Mina and Unagi tend to do in these non-title six fans. Um, the exchanges between Saya and Tam were promising for their Budokan show. Not Budokan. Um, Yokohama. Well, it's Yokohama. Yokohama. So. Ah, okay, but I, I wasn't completely wrong. Um, Utami being a background player in the white belt... Built, yeah. Um, which like isn't even an isolated incident on these shows. Um, meh. But the match was fine. 
time limits are stupid. I'll get on to why I think time limits are stupid when we're previewing um, Yokohama. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it, like, it, it's bad because in terms of matches, I have dick all to say about most of these matches. They were just sort of unremarkable house show matches, which would be fine if they weren't building to a major show. Yeah. Um, you hit the nail on the head there for something that I want to say, Chris. So I'm, I'm just going to say it now. You said Utami played second fiddle to the white belt feud in this match. And she did, 100%. The main focus was Sire and Tam. And that is fine. Okay, if this was an isolated incident, that is fine. Because the exchanges between Tam and Sire were fantastic. And they, you know, that is going to lead inherently to a fantastic match at Yokohama. I have no doubt about that. My issue is, and I text this to you this morning, Utami didn't win a match clean for the entire build to this pay-per-view. She faced Tora once there have been six shows seven i think in fact um let's have a look um uh, there have been 19th 20th 23rd 24th 26th no it was six so six shows and utami has faced off with tora once and she's not won a match clean now i know that we are struggling with injuries um, and I know that Rina and Hina didn't appear on some of the cards. I know that Fukin Death didn't appear on some of the cards. I know that, obviously, um, Sai Kamatani didn't appear on the 26th and the 27th. So you've got a bare-bones roster to actually put forward a card. I do understand that. And I know that you've got stories going forward that you do need to try and plug. So, for example, spoilers, the Mayu and Kaguma and DDM story. But that didn't come into fruition until the 26th. Why has Utami not faced Oedatai? Well, we had she she faced Konami. She faced Konami. So what? <laughs> so what? Konami fans are going to shout at you for saying. Well, you know, anyone that listens to this podcast hopefully knows just how much I love Konami. Like, coming out of the uh, five star, need... I was if, literally. If you're, if you're listening to this, you fu- he fucking hates her. Be hates her guts. Um. I put over just how good she was in the five-star. You know, I was the one shouting from the rooftop that she was the bottom of the pile in Oedatai. Why the fuck weren't they doing more with her? I was, you know, it was me and you who was telling everyone about how, you know, amazing her match would be with Shuri, and it was. So, but why is you time we get into a 15-minute time limit draw? Are you telling me that that one loss, that one clean loss from Konami is going to affect the rest of her year. No, of course not, because all it takes is another couple of wins and you can build her up. All it takes is a good showing at the five-star and she's built back up. Utami, your champion, your figurehead, your top person, has not won a match clean in six shows. What the fuck... And I understand you've got to try and make the challenger look strong. Completely understand that. So, of course, make Tora look strong because that puts her forwards as a legitimate threat at the pay-per-view. That is absolutely fine. Same with Sire and Tam. But Sire got a clean win over Mina. She has clean wins in this build. Why the fuck has Utami not? And I know we joked about how ma- if it wasn't a big match, Mayu lost but at least she got random wins on the undercard. Yutami's getting fuck all. I mean, she won the triple threat between... Uh, oh, who was it? 
It was like her Starlight Kid and someone else, and she won it by Wouldn't DQ. It... <laughs> that makes sense because Oedetai was involved. Fine. And the Fine. The Konami we'll match? To... No. I just, I, I, I'll get onto my thoughts on the Konami match when we get to the Konami match. I just, I disagree. And. Well, I, I haven't said my point. My standpoint, I just said I'll get to it when I get to it. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, as in terms of Mina and Yunagi going forward, um, the sort of seeds of dissent are being sown here, ready for their yeah. future of stardom championship I, match. I made a note in the in the next tag match they had. It's in, I'd say they lost chemistry, but we never had it to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Mina was great in that match. She had like we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the main event of this show, like I said, was Aida Tai versus Stars, and it was the first time. Um, that Mayu would face Starlight Kid after losing Starlight Kid to Awida Tai. And I've got some notes, Chris, and just a couple of things that I just want to talk about before we get into anything else. Because the arc of Starlight Kid over these six shows has been the best thing about this build. They've done, and then she's not in a prevalent match at Yokohama, <laughs> but even so... Um, they've done a really, really good job of building what she's doing in a weird tie. And I think a lot of people, when she came out on this show, the 19th, the first show, people assumed that she'd be all in black. She'd have had a complete gear change, like um, Fukuken Death did, um, because they brainwashed her and she was part of a weird tie. But there was little touches. She came out with half the black mask. There was no kid written on the mask. It was just the S in the middle, which she's had periodically before, but it could be a hint at that and growing she, period. And she's also wearing like her normal gear otherwise. Exactly. Just under her weather tight up, but she would, looks like she was being forced to wear because it doesn't fit her properly. I love the two parts of the mask because it shows that inner turmoil she's facing. I think you're writing fan fiction. No, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. And this is backed up. As stars come to the ring, she's the only one in the ring because Aweeda Tai don't stay in the ring as people come in. Starlight's left in there because she's still doing her stars, but she's still bowing to the crowd, being chastised by Tora for it, but still bowing to the crowd, still waiting for the other team in the ring. And because Aweeda Tai don't, she's left on her own. And she's watching as Mayu, who is noticeably subdued, but still does her throwing of the sweatband into the crowd and things like that. She has to watch as her friend and the stable she wants to be in come to the ring together with Mayu's new best friend, Kaguma, which I'm also going to get into. Mayu keeps getting new best best friends. It's ridiculous. That's something I want to talk about. Um, So obviously on Starlight's mask, she's got the black side with the black fur around the outside. And on the other side, it's the more stars sort of version that we're used to and it's got the colors of mayu blue and pink and as mayu is throwing the sweatband into the crowd starlight's touching that side of a mask she's touching the fur that represents mayu and i thought it was a really subtle thing but it was great i loved it i love the fact that we're not diving straight into a fully fledged heel starlight you know the person who didn't want to join a weeder tie but the next week is suddenly you know hitting people with chairs and shit I thought that was great. 
I love the fact that she was forced to face off with Mayu straight away. Um, the fact that she was a little bit reticent to start off with, but she's growing into the matches. She's wrestling. She is at no point on these six shows wrestling heel. That's really important to note. She is not wrestling heel, but she is wrestling far more aggressively and far quicker. So it's almost like she's been unleashed, not unleashed, let off the leash is what I mean. But she's not wouldn't here. That be, wouldn't that be unleashed? Yeah, it would, but unleashed didn't sound right. Um, but the fact that Starlight Kid gets the win is perfect. The fact that she's the one that she's got to pin a member of her own old faction and the fact that she looks ashamed of herself at the end. And I've got a little bit of a quote for you. Yes, I am a literacy major. A, li- um, a literary major. So <laughs> Clearly, you have such a way with words. Honestly, it's because I'm a teacher, so I teach literacy. Um, so, um, the quote you, you is... Have a, you have such a grasp of, Engli- of the English language. <laughs> um, Beware that, when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you and that's friedrich nietzsche who when you know i was i am i mean his writings were manipulated and then adopted by the nazis but you know aside from that 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 can apply that makes, that, that makes sense for your fan of it, man. <laughs> that can apply to both mayu and stars because mayu's like all-out war with oida tide that she's initiated by the way has lost her, Goki and Death, and Starlight Kid. And does she really seem that bothered? Yeah, sure, we have the, you know, slightly more subdued ring entrance here, but... I, I don't think Mayu has emotions. I think she's just more focused on beating Oedetai. And do not forget that at the end of their match at the pay-per-view, Mayu swore that she was going to get Starlight back. She promised that it was the first thing she was going to do. And that's going to come in later. But I just thought that Mayu was so obsessed with beating Aweeda Tai that ultimately it's destroying everything around her without realising. Starlight Kid, it's going to get to a point, I think, from that quote, it's going to get to a point where she is around, you know, in inverted commas, monsters, that much that she is eventually it's going to leak into what she does and throughout these six cards you'll notice her mask gets darker the colors get darker and then eventually um she just gets the all black mask she starts listening to rock and all roll exactly exactly she's a big metallica fan is starlight kid um but yeah, it's almost like that poison's taking over, which I quite like. In terms of the match, it that's was fine. fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be something we say for most of the matches, that oh, they yeah, are the, fine. The only really have the booking to say, to talk about. Yeah, um, I, I do like the... Um, Starlight's definitely the best part of this match. Mm-hmm. I'm like, getting pushed into the ring um, by Tora to face May. Yep. I like that. Um her being caught between her competitive drive to win and her want to not hurt her friends. Um, she looked genuinely hurt when Mayu fought back. She did, didn't quite she? Like. Yeah. Um, and then um, her getting shouted out by Tora for not joining in view out of tie bollocks like that. It, it was a good tag match with a nice little story running through it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the next what we're going to be talking about. We have so many more of these things to fucking run through. Well, to be fair, we don't because it's the same story running through. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> we, <laughs> we get on to the 20th in Maybara? Maybara. Uh, in Japan. Yeah. Uh, Stardom the 20th of, July, of June uh, from Maybara, Shiga, Japan, from the Shiga Pref- Prefectural Bunker Industry Exchange Century yep. Event Hall. Yes. We have such a grasp from the Japanese language. Bloody hell. Uh, if we're to 283 um, people. Okay, so like Konami beats Raki, yeah, everyone's so right. Come in, Tan beat Death, great. Um, Queen's Quest of Momon Watanabe being beat Cosmic Angels. This is one I did see. Um, they went to a um, decent match. Um, Momo and Saya held their hands to something worth seeing. Well, not worth seeing, worth watching, but not right away for uh, like completionist only kind of thing um right, you said you really liked Mina in this match yeah um just the little subtle changes the fact that she's now a little bit more somber in her promos whereas Unagi's still you know her crazy ass self um the fact that they both... need to stop giving Unagi full sugar coke good grief I know tell me about it um, the fact that both women wanted to get the pinfall, both women wanted to start the match, um, ultimately pushing each other out, and it is leading to that destruction of the team. And you're wondering whether it's going to affect the friendship when it comes to the pay-per-view as well. So just the little things they're dropping in is really good. I thought Mina had a really good closing stretch with Sayaka Matani. Um, she is getting better. I, again, Yunagi's Yunagi. Um Progress is progress, but progress is slow. Um, but yeah, it it was it was fine. You you knocked the nail on the head when you said that it's for completionists only. There's not really a lot to say about that. Um, tag team match: Stars Kaguma and Mayu Utani defeated Queen's Quest Azumi and Utami in nine okay, minutes and fifty eight seconds. Booking, booking alert, booking alert. I fucking right. Okay, so we're trying to build Koguma and Mayu as a legitimate threat and. So they have them go over Queen's Quest. The problem is, Queen's Quest has two established teams. We have Momo AZ and... Aphrodite. Aphrodite. You can't put them over Aphrodite because one's the number one contender and the other one's a champion. Mm-hmm. F- fine. Fine. I get it. I fucking get it. Then put... <laughs> Momo AZ... Like, just make Aphrodite go up against Cosmic Angels. And Momo AZ go up against... Um, Star. Because this way we're just muddled. And it diminishes the win from Stars because they've not beaten an overly established team. Um, it gives Utami another L in the win-loss column, and it, it was it was just a fine match. Again, I, I kind of again I I also get if you want Koguma in there with Azumi to get more high-speed reps, I completely get that. But also, again, just switch out the two Utami with Momo and like. Denver's card is better, but like it's such a weird, it's such a weird order to have things. Yeah, because it, it's literally just replaced Momo with Utami. Yeah, and honestly, Mayu has better, um, like she has chemistry with both Utami and Momo, but I'd argue she has better chemistry with Momo. So, like, it would also make a better match, and it would also make the win a bigger deal. So, like, it, it's such a small thing that we fucked up on. But that, more importantly, does give Utami a win as well. Yeah, no, yeah, it makes everyone because uh, then it makes a number one contender, and like 
I, I would say, oh, but it would be Utami playing second fiddle to the white belt feud again. But also, it's not like she was phrasing a lot of time on this fucking show. <laughs> so. Oh, no. Um, main event. The Uida Tai team of Natsuka Torosaki Kishima and Starlight Kid defeated Donna Del Mondo team of Mika Suri and Lady C in her first ever main event in the absence of Julia at, tw- <laughs> at 20 minutes and 24 seconds with a roll-up. I must admit, Chris, Natsuka Tora stealing Utami's rose from a fan is shithousery at its finest. Yeah, imagine how much of a bigger heel move that would have been if Utami was in the same room. That would have been fantastic if they come in first and then then who's it stole it? Tora. Yeah, that that would be incredible. Uh, But yeah, this match was fine. Obviously, it's not going to be as strong as DDM or other tight matches normally are because Lady C isn't a one-for-one trade for Julia. But she held herself well. She did her normal stuff, but did it did it well. Didn't miss any of her cues. Didn't really botch. At least not more than you'd expect a rookie to. I thought as a first main event, she held herself quite well. She didn't stand out, which is she really important. Out. She didn't stand out, but also like... That could be a double-edged sword. She didn't stand out for any bad readings either. That's what I meant. That's what ah, I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it as a compliment. I know it didn't come across like that, but yeah, I'm saying it, it as a compliment. She was she was an obvious panita. Like, oh yeah, one hundred percent. If this went to <laughs> if, if this went to a draw, I'd shit myself in protest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I thought he was not. I, I, I don't know if you watched the pre-match promos. There weren't pre-match promos for a lot of these shows. Um, because I think they were just trying to get them up in a hurry because of the tour. But um, Lady C was really emotional at the start. Like, when they were doing the promo with uh, Siori and Micah, she was really emotional about the fact that it was her first main event. I was like, that's really sweet. That's really lovely. And it makes you more invested in her character as well, which I thought was quite nice. Um, but yeah, she didn't She didn't stand out. She took the beating at the hands of Tora really, really well. Um, she, you know, did the whole baby face in peril thing really, really well. That opening sequence between Starlight Kid and Micah was fucking fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mat wrestling between the two of them was absolutely tremendous. And there was a little bit here where you thought Starlight was a little bit more at ease with her aggressive side because she wasn't facing Mayu and Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, like she didn't care about being addicted to DDM. Exactly. But she still stopped short of being an outright heel. Mm-hmm. She's just more aggressive. And I think that's, at the moment... That's the line she's towing. I don't know how long she's going to continue towing that line, mm-hmm. but she's towing that line. Um, but yeah, this match was good. It didn't further any storylines, but it didn't make me unhappy. So no, it was it was your standard six woman tag, but with some good action in it as well. Oh yeah, because has your standard six woman tag tends to have. Um, there's only a couple I'm going to give match ratings for. Um, I'm not going to bother with all of it oh i'm not bothering at all to be honest um so june the 23rd um and we had this was from uh iwate in japan it was called stardom take care of iwate fair enough i've been reading it as a wait i thought it was iwate but i'm sure someone will correct our pronunciation we, um, we could have used google Translate. in fact i'm gonna do that right now 
Okay, I'm going to carry on. Uh, it was from the Morioka Gymnasium in front of 239 people. I'll read through the card again, and then me and Chris will just talk about a couple of matches. Um, uh, Azumi defeated Lady C in the opener, 7 minutes and 17 seconds. I already know this is going to be one he wants to talk about. Momo versus Unagi went to a 15-minute time limit draw. Oh, it is, it is a whack. Oh, thank yeah. I was right. Yeah. Um... Tag team match, Queen's Quest, Aphrodite, team of Saya and Utami defeated the Uinatai team of Konami and Starlight Kid by DQ. Um, Aphrodite. Tag team match, the Stars team of Moguma uh, in Mayu and Kaguma defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Mina and Tam in 12 minutes and 53 seconds. And then the Uinatai team of Tora, Ruaka and Saki defeated the DDM team of Julia, Micah and Suri. Um, with my emblem, with Saki getting the pinfall over Micah in 16 minutes and 33 seconds. Chris, Saki what did you what do you want to talk about from this card? The draw was stupid. Again, I'm going to get into the draws when we talk about the um, when we're previewing the Cinderella card. The draw was stupid, but no need for the draw. Momo did really well. She was very hard-hitting. Held Unagi's hand to something good. Um, draw was needless, and I'll, I'll get into that one. Talking anyway. Um, actually, no, I'm going to get into it now. But draw is a stupid Robert. Okay, so the way I justified the draws, it would have been around what ten months ago, right after the five stars when this started happening. Um, and I justified it as they're trying to create a stardom tier list. And, you know, in a way that they kind of were, like, Himika and Jungle were kind, were kind of on the same thing, going to a download draw makes sense. B and Mike were kind of on the same level, going to a 50-minute draw makes sense. So there's two options here. Either A, they're just having draws for the fucking sake of it, which, quite frankly, is what I think's happening. B, Mom was on the same level as Inagi, which, no. But, like, e, there's not a good... I don't think there's a charitable interpretation of some of these draws I can really take. And it diminishes the effect of when a draw does happen. Like, I used this example last year, but Noah only had draws in... Um, from memory, I might be wrong, but from memory is Kano versus Go, and then a couple in the N1. And those draws meant something, because draws didn't really happen. Dra- draws mean nothing. It, they're, they're a great thing to have in your toolbox, which stardom has used so much that they've become blunt. But draws mean nothing in stardom anymore. I shouldn't be rolling my eyes every time a draw happens. A draw shouldn't happen on five out of six shows. There's such a thing as overuse, especially since Queen's Quest, in theory, should be teamed um, paired off with Uadatai, who you can just get away with DQs because Uadatai are chaotic. I don't see any reason for these draws, and it's just created uh, these this abundance of draws. This abundance of no one can get over has created this roster where everyone feels on the same level. Which, yes, I guess can be good. Anyone can step up for a title match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, could, could you tell me, like in first of all, we talk about Ring of Honor? They have very well defined divisions with very well defined um, contenders. If I were to ask you who's in the white belt division and who's in the red belt division can you tell me no probably not it's all at times it feels like it's booked at random 
Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that long pause gave me a fucking heart attack. No, I understand. I, at the moment, they're sort of clutching at straws because of injuries. And that's not an excuse before you get all angry. Because there's no need for Momo and Unagi to go to a time limit draw. Momo should be dispatching Unagi. Unagi is just above the rookies, you know. And I know she's got to get wins at some point, but that's where the five star comes in. You know, she's just had a good showing in the Cinderella. She's in the future of stardom championship match. Future of stardom championship match. So Momo should be dispensing with her. I don't agree with the time limit draw. We talked about it pre-Budokan about how Stardom were using the time limit draw as a get-out-of-jail-free card, and it was a trope they were massively overusing. It was a lazy trope that they were massively overusing. And do you know what? As long as they avoid using it on the big shows, your Corricans, your pay-per-views, things like that, do you know what? It's it's house shows, effectively. These are house shows. I, I would agree if they didn't put them out. Every show. Yeah, yeah. if it wasn't... Like, if it was a draw at all, sure. Because it's not even at this point, like, it's a draw every other show. It's now a case of if a draw doesn't happen on a stardom show, it is a... It's a um, break from the norm. Mm. It seems like, at the moment, and I believe it's Chris Jericho that said, if you try to push everybody, or you try to get everyone over, no one gets over. That's exactly what it is right now. Like, people are standing... Wrestlers are now standing out because of their individual performance, not because of their booking. Like, Starlight's standing out because of how she's been acting, not Mm -hmm. because of her results. And it's weird because every faction has pin eaters. They all have a a child or unagi. (laughs) They have an an, an unagi. Yeah. Is Is that... So many vowels in that. There is unnecessary um, amount of vowels. Everyone has a kid or, an, or a rookie, apart from maybe DDM. But like, just let some of them take the fucking like they do let some of them take the pin sometimes. So, meh. And also, like I understand that their house shows or whatever, but they're still in theory trying to generate interest for the upcoming um, Yokohama show. Exactly. Which, if that's the case. Why haven't we? We've not been pairing off people properly. No, and that's that's something we do agree on. The fact that Utami and Tora—that is your entire they've bear, main event. Like, but it's mostly been like the biggest build we've had on any of these shows so far is Tora stealing a rose. Exactly, exactly. One one throwaway match. In fact, we've had more of a build towards Tora versus Micah than we've had towards Tora Itami. versus Utami. Utami and Konami's had more of a, um, exactly. had more, and like, I I guess it if it was like verbalized text, Tora isn't muddying herself with Utami to make it to get inside Utami's head, but that's not verbalized text. This card, okay, the third match on the card: Queen's Quest, Saya Kamatani and Utami defeating Uwidatai, Konami and Starlight Kid. Okay, mm-hmm. which by the way, I've given three and a half stars. It is a great match. A really, really good match. Go and check it out. It's probably the best tag match on this tour. It's the second best match on the tour, which, you know, gives you some indication. But again, 
Are we the tie? Konami and Starlight. In the main event is Toru Ruaka and Saki Kashima versus Julian Micah and Suri. Why? Swap out Konami and Toru. And then you've got Konami, Ruaka and Saki versus Julian, Micah and Suri. If you still want to do the stuff with Micah and Tora, if Awida Tai win, Tora's going to take the microphone anyway because she's going to be out with Awida Tai. But it's another opportunity where we could get Tora versus Utami instead of Utami versus Konami, which is what we've had, I think, three times on this card, on this tour. <laughs> It's a running thing where they've furthered a lot of small, interesting things. Like the dynamic between Koguma and Mayu, the turn to the dark side of Starlight, and um, the courting of Micah from um, Tora. Which is great, by the way. I do enjoy that. These are all very good little side stories, but, but the main stories have barely been touched. Exactly. You've got a pay-per-view like, coming up. Tam and Sire have um, paired off once. On this tour, I understand Saya was injured, but there's like four or five shows before she was injured. Um, one, as we've mentioned several times, Itami and Tora barely saw each other. Like we've had more build towards the future match than we have towards the Red world match. title match. No, you're right. You're right. Um, I want to talk about the main event. Um, not for any of the in-ring action, apart from the closing stretch. Um, partly because Mike took the pinfall because of several bouts of miscommunication between DDM. Um, the first time we've ever really seen anything like this, and it wasn't just one or once or twice, it was three or four times. And then Awida Tai finisher spammed on Micah until Saki pinned her with a my sorry, hiccups, with a my emblem. Yeah, that was, that was good shit. That was good teasing of dissent shit, and it can have plausible deniability if you decide that's not the route you want to go down. Exactly. And well, now you've got they can't be the of a world title match. But they've got Tora now planting the seeds in DDM for, you know, some manner of defection from Micah. Which it's is the first great. Time DDMs looked human. Exactly. Exactly. They look human. They're making mistakes. You know, you've got Shuri in increasing desperation. Don't you talk to my Micah? You know, she doesn't want what's happened to stars to happen to, to them. My Micah again. <laughs> but this would have been perfect to happen. After Yokohama Dream, mm-hmm. but it's like the jump. It's like they booked Yokohama Dream and they're going. Actually, we care more about these storylines, so we're going to push them now. Mm. It's like you know when you you know when, when you're nearing the end of one project and then like you've already had an idea for your next project and all you want to do is plan that. It seems like that's what Stardom are doing. How far was Tokyo Dream pushed back? It was only pushed back six days, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Because I was thinking maybe they missed some dates off the start of the tour because of... Um... Maybe, but at that point, you move the important shit. Exactly. Like, you, don't just, like, you can't... You have, like, they know... Like, not to sort of victim blame in terms of COVID, but they know that shit's all subject to change. And they know it, but that's doubly so right now. Because Japan are desperately shifting because of the Olympics. You can't just book. You can't just book these minor stories and go. Well, we obviously can't sacrifice them, so we're going to sacrifice the stories that actually matter right now. Because mm. because all the stories right now, with the exception of maybe the Starlight Kid stuff, could had to be pushed back. They could have been pushed back. There is no difference between um, the Uedatai Micah stuff happening now and happening after Yokohama. I agree. I agree. 
Should we just quick fire the rest of these? Because to be honest, I didn't even I haven't watched the twenty fourth because it wasn't up on World when I started watching. So I'm just going to quick fire through that card. Stardom Aomori Asahi broadcasting thirtieth anniversary night one twenty fourth of June from uh, the U Tree Multi Purpose Hall in Aomori, Japan. 322 people. They're getting good gates in on this tours, at least. Um, singles match. Momo Watanabe defeated Lady C in six minutes and eight seconds. Uh, Zumi defeated Ruaka by DQ, seven minutes and one second. Um, Oida Tai, Konami, and Natsukatora defeated Queen's Quest, Sayakamatani, and Yutami. Um, tag team match. Kaguma and Mayu defeated the Oida Tai team of Saki Kashima and Starlight Kid in 13 minutes and 21 seconds. And then in six woman action, Cosmic Angels, Mina Shirakawa, Tam Nakano, and Yanagi defeated the Donna Delmondo team of Julia, Micah, and Suri in 18 minutes and 38 seconds. Moving on to the 26th, which is a show that we've watched. Um, we have we've got... Watched, there was only three up when I watched. There was four up when I watched, but I didn't have time to watch. Um, which one did I not watch? Oh, I didn't watch the three-way. The three-way. So, um, night two of the Amori Asahi Broadcasting 30th Anniversary Show. From the 26th, from Mutsu, the Maeda Arena, 508 people which is approaching Corican levels under, you know, restrictions. Um, start with a three-way match. Mike defeated Lady C and Momo Watanabe, seven minutes and 32 seconds. Singles match, Azumi defeated Starlight Kid by DQ in nine minutes and 59 seconds. We'll be coming back to that. Konami defeated Utami in a time limit. Oh, sorry, no, she didn't. Konami versus Utami went to a time limit draw in 15 minutes. And the tag match was the last match up from this show uh, with Kaguma and Mayu defeating the tag team champions ALK in 11 minutes and 54 seconds in a non-title match. If you don't want to hear the result of the Artist of Stardom title match, sort of fast forward a couple of seconds. Um, the Artist of Stardom title match, the champions Cosmic Angels, Mina Shirakawa, Tam Nakano and Yu. Yunagi Sayaka defeated Oida Tai team of Natsukatora Ruaka and Saki Kashima in 20 minutes and 3 seconds in their 7th title defence. You know when Nagi, Nagi Sayaka, when you say a name, it's kind of like whenever someone tried to say, what's, what's the name of the president of Iran? Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad. It's like, yeah, it's like how everyone always has to take a little pause. <laughs> it's like, oh uh, yes, president Ahmadinejad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, always a little pause. The dude must have thought everyone was so dramatic. <laughs> um, Chris, do you want to talk about... What do you want to talk about first? Should we talk about Azumi and Starlight Kid first? Yeah, it was good. It was basically a touring version of Azumi vs. Starlight. And like it's the version they'll pedal out whether in a non-major market, which I'm sorry, Matsu, I assume isn't that major. Well, we they, don't drew four, off. they drew 508 people. Yeah, because they never go there. <laughs> Um, no, and it was, um, good. It was fast paced. Um, the DQ finish could turn a lot of people off, but quite frankly, for me, it made sense. Yeah. Um, it was the solidification of Starlight's turn. Um, again, it was, it's your standard high speed affair where I can't describe what's going on because it was going too fast for me to take notes. Yeah. It was, um, it was a great match with really fun match. Um, the, the ending made sense. And then Tori just coming and going, kid, what the fuck's happened to you? <laughs> It's like, we've crushed your innocence much faster than we expected. <laughs> um, then gave her an Oedetai mask, and she's like, I'm I, I'm going to wear this. It looked n- almost no different from the mask she was wearing anyway. Well, that was the thing, because her star's side of a mask was progressively using darker colours anyway. 
So eventually, the only thing that would really change him was the fur on the star side. You know, you know what? I love the wording here to wear the tie specifications. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we're going to have to take that mask into the shop. It needs a tune up. <laughs> um, it's really important that Tora threw it on the ground. She didn't give it to kids. She threw it on the ground and basically said, pick it up um, if you want to basically progress. And after a long time, Kid picked it up and said she's going to go down the path in her own way. Um, I don't think she knows how paths work. No, no, there's paths one way usually. Be, paths tend to be very set in stone, quite literally. Um, the darkness is quite literally consuming Kid, which is quite a nice visual. Um, and then she smiles in a post-match promo. Of, uh, yeah, of like Demon Tora overtaking Kid. Be quite cool. Um, yeah, if someone makes that, that'll be my Twitter profile. Some, something you... Um, spoke about the ingenious counters and stuff. There was a really cool Indian Deathlock variation from Kid. It looked brilliant. Really, really cool. Um, honestly, I'm sort of stuck between three and a half and three and three quarters for this. It's went, the best match of the tour. Yeah, I went um, three and a half. It was very good. Um, Next but match, like, then. Oh, sorry. Because when on. I think about... Because I gave three pre to um, Azumi and Natsupoi, it's not as good as that. So. It's fair enough barometer. Um, match four, then. Non-title action. Mayu and Kaguma defeating ALK. You, you skipped a match. Oh, I did. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Go on, then. The draw continues to be stupid. It, look, it's... Of all the top... The draws on this tour is it the most justifiable one. Konami is in theory a future red belt contender. Like you could see it happening. Um, you could argue uh, Utami had more. Um, if Utami had more interactions with Tora, then I might have said that Oedetai was in her head and she couldn't focus on being Konami. Hmm. Like Konami isn't someone you'd expect Utami to. Um, beat as easily as Momo would beat Unagi. So I'm not as angry about this one. And honestly, this is probably joint, like, object in terms of, like, in-ring quality, joint best match along with Azumi and Starlight. Mm. It was very, it was a very good match. The problem is the result is just annoying to me because I, I don't think I'd be as annoyed if Utami had went over at any other point in this tour. But she kind of just didn't. That's the thing. You, you've said Konami's a future red belt contender, and you're absolutely right. But the thing is, you can book anybody on this roster back up with a couple of wins. You know, <laughs> Konami wins two or three matches in the five-star. No one fucking remembers this. So Utami getting the win here is a hard-fought victory over a, you know, effectively the mini-boss for the Oedatai level. She wants yeah, to complete at Yokohama. It's, so It's standard faction fair you face the underling before you face the leader exactly so surely she should have been able to beat konami here i'm sure konami wouldn't have suffered from this loss here i'm sure no, no one's going to be going oh, like, konami's of all the losses konami has faced this isn't going to be a special one that she'll never recover from exactly exactly and that's what winds me up because we talked about this with stardom in title scenes where you would be built up to face the champion and then go back down the card until your next title challenge, which isn't the best way to do it. But also, right now, no one can really be built up to the champion level because apparently the champion's on the same level as everyone else. Mm. Like, Utami's great. She doesn't feel like the final boss in the same way Kagetsu did or Mayu did. 
speaking of Mayu, um, got exactly. a couple of things I want to talk about about this tag match, Chris. So uh, the result was in itself quite surprising in Kaguma rolling up Julia. Um, mm. But what followed was what I, I want to talk about. Julia is not half as powerful as I expected her to be. She was very angry afterwards. Um, She's always very angry. Kaguma then challenges Ali Kaba for the belts at Yokohama Budokan um, as their next challenges in Aphrodite are busy with the red and white belts, respectively. This is what I want to talk about, Chris, because this links in with the Starlight Kid storyline and what I spoke about earlier when I said that Mayu promised Starlight, promised Starlight that the first thing she was going to do was to get Starlight back. Yeah, here she is going for the tag belts rather than fighting for Kid? I think there should be... Here's the thing. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I did something like my own bed did and there's just not enough communication between the wrestlers and the bookers. I think if it's booked right, it's a great story, especially if Kaguma and Mayu win. Yeah. If I don't Ka- know. If Kaguma they... and Mayu win, so not only is Mayu not fought for... Starlight, but she's also got a brand new best friend in Kaguma. She's, she's one of the belt with. She's got the tag belt with Kaguma, which she never managed to get with MK Sisters, having lost in the build up to um Tokyo Dream. So if they do it right, and spoilers, I think Mayu and Kaguma are taking them. Um I think that could be the final thing that basically just turns Starlight full heel. I think that'll yeah. be the moment we start seeing Starlight just, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going all Oida tie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I could see that, but also I think this is just a encapsulation of this tour being a shit show. <laughs> you weren't a fan, were you, mate? Well, neither were you. I was, fans- I was a fan of bits of it. Um, well, that's one of the bits of it. I've put over the things I liked, but this yeah. we've, ran, we've ran out of us. The booking was uh, the booking has been a bit suspect at times. Um, also, so, we, so yeah, and then we haven't seen the main events. We can't talk about that. Um, I'm sure it was fine. Um, we can't. Like, should we just skip this last show because we can't? We haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not. Yes. It's not happened yet. Yeah, it's um, not upon but, world yet. So, and by the looks of things, and just looking at results, it doesn't look like anything major happened. No one's even really tagged up with anyone they're facing. So, shock. <laughs> Apart from Saki's against Unagi, which they're at least in the same factions, I guess there was a time limit draw because that's fair. Want main event Ruak is back. Let's move on to the <laughs> Yokohama Budokan show. So the Yokohama Dream Cinderella in Summer Show is on the 4th of July. It's upcoming with English commentary again, as confirmed by the We Are Stardom Twitter account today. Um, is it um, Fulton and Sunny again? It is Fulton and Sunny again, yep. So very excited to hear their takes again because I thought they did a fantastic job on oh, the last show. Fulton. Is that he's also an MMA guy, so he can like put over grapples quite well. Yeah, even absolutely. If even if it's a bullshit grapple, he can find why, why it would work <laughs> in the k rule of uh, Adam. Um, 
wanted to touch a little bit about the tickets else before we preview the card. Um, the women's tickets they've put on sale for five thousand yen, which is just over thirty quid, as a thanks for standing with Stardom, which I thought was quite cool. Um, student tickets are three thousand yen, which is a shade under twenty pounds. The VIP tickets, which at the moment are the only advanced tickets that are sold out. Um, are thirty thousand yen, which is a hundred and ninety five pounds and eighty one pence. So they're the ones that are sold out. I like of... you saying around for everything else, and then you get really specific with that. One. <laughs> um, well, I wasn't going to originally, and then I was like, ah, oh, maybe. Um, you just wanted to say pence, didn't you? I did, I did. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, as of recording, tickets are still available in all other areas. Um, now, Stardom have run this venue twice um, already. Um, they ran it in October last year, where they drew 1,007 people. Uh, that was headlined by Mayu versus Suri. And they ran it in April, and it drew 1,029 people. And that was obviously headlined by the all-DDM tag match. If you had to hazard a guess, Chris, obviously they're roughly the same, give or take 20 people. Do you think we're going to continue on any sort of upward trajectory trajectory based on the card? Um, and based on the buzz as well about Tokyo Dream? In terms of quality, I think this is... In terms of, like, not if you hadn't watched the build, this is a better card and paper than Tokyo Dream. Agreed. Agreed. It's also a better card and paper than the last Yokohama show. Yeah, that surprised, didn't it? Because Utami and B was really good. Yeah, but like we we weren't hyped for it no. because we were like, oh, it's B. Whereas here on paper, Tam versus Saya is a better. Um, for me, is more interesting than Tampoi. And then Utami, because t- I don't know, with Saya, I can at least see her winning. I didn't see Poi winning. It's one of those where. In ring, Sayuri's got more of a chance of winning than Poi, like you said, but you had the history. I mm-hmm. suppose, no, you've got the history here as well with, you yeah. know, Tam being Sayuri's mentor and, you know, trainer and things like that. So you have got the history. So, no, Not I agree Sayu's, with you then. Sayuri had more of a push going in. Like, she's a former Red Belt challenger. So, like, yeah. she had, and she won Cinderella. So, like, she has more of a push going into this than um, Poi did. Mm. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, the world of Sound and Tire match, well, it's not. It's not going to be like an epic, like Shiri versus um, Utami, which I'm not going to lie, might turn off some of the new fans. I can see that happening. Where they're watching this, yeah. up the you know what it's like. I, not in terms of like quality, obviously, but like how we went with Suzuki as the first challenger after Omega, and then pe- and then it was like a slow leg match, and everyone thought, oh, it must be boring. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, what I mean, like a lot of people who expect him a fast pace of Okada Omega were just surprised by you know the pace of a Suzuki match. My... So like I, I can see, and so because this is going to be a very different kind of match, it's going to be an Oedetai shit show, which honestly I'm fine with because it's something completely different. It's something I, different, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and honestly, as long as it doesn't go down the same route as the. Um, it's weird because this, this isn't being built up as a death match, which gives me different expectations than the white belt match against Julia Vittoria had. Because also that's been going on for ages, and then like the spots were comically bad. Mm. Like you had the table, which oh, seems God. to be made out of cardboard. Yeah, you had those cinder <laughs> the only, block things. It's the only, it's the only Japanese table I've ever actually seen break. 
That is true. That is true. Those notoriously um, stiff ass tables. Yeah. So, and we've seen Sammy and Tora work before, and they have chemistry. But it was only ruined because Tora was on her. I'm gonna hang everyone face, um, which we all go through. Um, which Konami seems to have adopted, by the way. She tried to hang Saya Kamatani, but I don't think Saya got all the way over the rope. Um, and it's going to be something completely different. It's going to be, at worst, fun, I think. I think Big Match Tora tends to be quite fun. Like, we've seen it in the tag matches. Mm. And honestly, I don't think we're going to book this as much as a shit show as a semi-main Korokin thing. I think it's going to be more straight-laced. Look, and if, you honestly, can't, if you can't get motivated to main event a pay-per-view for the Red Belt, then you're not going to, are yeah. you? She, think, she's going to be up for it. What I'm kind of hoping for is they... I, I don't know if this is the Oz Academy trend, because I've only watched one Oz Academy match. Belkid showed me it. And basically it was um, this one girl getting basically mugged for 30 minutes. And honestly, if they went down that route, I wouldn't... I, I'd enjoy that if it was just a wet time mugging... Utami for 30 minutes and then Utami makes the spirited comeback. I wouldn't hate that. Especially if it's like blood. Because <laughs> we don't get blood too often. What is the last blood blade job we had in Sardom? Um, they didn't bleed in the death match weirdly, did they? Yeah. No, we don't get blood a lot in Sardom. I think the last time we'd have had a copious amount of blood would have been Arisa and um, Utami. We had the split head of Julia in the Cinderella. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, Fucking nasty that was. Jesus. It was nasty. Um, But yeah, blood isn't super common. I think for something like this, it could work really well. And even if she brought like the chain back, because it's been a few months and it would actually have weight to it now. Mm. Um, We've kind of... So, you know what? I think it's going to be something completely different from a Shuri match. Some people might like that. Some people might not. But I... I am cautiously optimistic for this one because I do think Tora is really good. She just was stuck in her chain phase, which she's now out of. So I'm really good at it. Actually, that, that, I just only know the questions at the end. But that brings us into a question I saw where Belkid asked um, how we how much alcohol we needed. Tora won. I wouldn't hate Tora winning. I think it would be quite interesting. I think it would be something completely different. And because we've had we've had high work rate. Um, final bosses for world champion for the last three world champions at least Kagetsu. Oh no, K- since B, so like Kagetsu B and um, Utami, we've all fought fairly straight laced um, competitive matches. A shit show champion would be quite interesting, it would be something that stands out. I wouldn't hate that result. What I would hate is Velkis being right because he's insufferable when he's right. Yeah, and he's put above the question, monthly reminder that I have said Natsuka will have a title match soon enough in January. He has been, he's been plugging that for a while. I think Armani Shoe Exchange has been plugging that for a while as well. Yeah, yeah, and I hate it when he's right because he's right. He's always fucking right. Like, fucking hell. And you know what, he's even right um, when it comes to recommendations. He's like, he, he was plugging away a uh, he he recommended DDT to me in a Facebook group before we even started the podcast like a year and a half ago and now it's my favourite thing in wrestling and he's like I'm so proud of you I'm like damn it I hate when you're right fucking hell 
Um, conversely to Chris, uh, if Tora wins, I will drink myself into a stupor. Um, I mean, like, it's it's on a weekend. It's bold of him to assume I wouldn't already be drunk watching it. But <laughs> um, and in terms of how, but again, I think it would be a very interesting result. I think I'd like it much more than Rob would. Um, but like again, something different, variety, something different. It wouldn't even have to be a long way. Maybe like a short three month one with two defenses, and it's all a big shit show. And then whoever conquers a um has saved Saddam. However, I think it could be very, very interesting. I'm not saying it would be like critically as good, but you know, you sometimes need to try new things, and that would be a new thing. So, let's preview the rest of this card. Then let's go through it and talk about who we think is going to win each match. Um, you can tell that we are quite a few people down with injury. Uh, we start with the Gauntlet Tag, which gets a lot of people on the card. So the Gauntlet Tag teams are Micah and Lady C, um, Hannon and Hina, uh, Saki Kashima and Rina, and Konami and Fukikan Death. Um, Why are having that this <laughs> Yeah, well, they, it's because they keep adding members. It's because they keep yeah. nicking members from stars. Yeah, I wonder how he's like half the Stardom roster at this point. Which is why I'm saying it would be cool if they mugged Utami, because then we'd get a lot of different... Anyway, yeah. Um, I, I don't really care who wins this one, to be honest with you. No. If I wasn't reviewing the show, it'd be one of those matches I'd skip. 100%. Um, I'd love to see Micah and Lady C get the win. Um, whether they do, I don't know. I'm leaning more towards one of the Oida Tai teams just because yeah. Oida Tai getting the push at the moment. Each team has a pin eater, so it's really anyone's game. Absolutely. absolutely. In fact, the only team that haven't really got a pin eater in the grand scheme of things are Konami and Fukigan. Yeah, well, Fukigan's kind of a... He, no, she is, she is a pin eater, but when you compare it to Rina, Hina and oh, Lady well, C... Yeah, yeah. Um, special tag team match then. Um, Queen's Quest, Momo Watanabe, and Azumi taking on Starlight Kid and Ruaka. Um, <laughs> I wonder who's losing. Yeah. Well, you say that, it wouldn't surprise me if Oida Tai win this. It wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, all the focus is on Starlight Kid. Depends how they book it. If you're going to book be, it as a descent maybe, for Starlight Kid. I, you, you could do a brutal. Um, a brutal DQ, put Starlight over as a heel, and then get into a Tammy's head for a late in the mat night because her backups. It would also give an excuse for why Queen's Quest wouldn't come out to help with Tammy because they're injured. Mm. I think, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm undecided. It depends, like, say, how they want to book it. If they want. Also, um, what I do like is they say, oh, Starlight's now lower than Ruaka, but Konami's one stuck in the gauntlet. The gauntlet with Fukigan, I know. Um, it depends if they're going to have Mayu and Kaguma win the tag belts, and then you can have that parallel between the rise of Mayu and Kaguma and the sort of fall of Starlight Kid. Um, or if you want to book Starlight Kid as a brutal heel, you know, fully embracing that I, dark side, then it depends how you book can- it. I honestly think you're putting more thought into this match than Stardom did. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Future of Stardom tournament final with Mina Shirakawa taking on Yunagi Sayaka. Chris, who have you got to win the vacant Future of Stardom championship? Um, I hope it's Mina, because I, I can't handle more <laughs> Unagi singles matches. 
I really want it to be Mina. Really like, want it, it to be Mina. Don't be wrong, it's a future stardom title, so I don't have like a ton of vested interest. But I'd rather see more Mina singles matches than I would do Nagi singles matches. Yeah, ultimately, do you want to see Yunagi versus Rina, or do you want to see Mina versus Rina? And the answer, if the answer is Yunagi versus Rina, you're wrong. Um, I mean, honestly, if you, what, if you give an answer, you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> I'll be honest, mate. I think they're going to put it on Yunagi. I, I'll be honest, that's fine. It doesn't really matter that much. It's <sighs> the fucking people about. I know, but it means, like you said, it's more singles matches for Yunagi. It'll be, it'll be like five minutes long. Calm your ass down. Um. Goddesses of Stardom Championship match next with ALK, Julia and Suri uh, taking on the challengers, Mayu Iwatani and Koguma. Um, I hope this is short because um, Koguma's not... Koguma gets worse as her matches go on in terms of, like, the match itself. In terms of, like, progression, she's getting better. But, like, within a single match, she's gets she's good at opening exchanges. She's not that good at anything. No, she's still got a little bit of ring rust. Mm-hmm. So I would honestly have this go 10 minutes and have Koguma beat Julia and then have Julia destroy her in the five star. Be good. And to be honest, my there's a couple of reasons I think Mayu and Koguma are going to be taking the belts. Part, I know that... All st- of which you've given. No, I've got sure. another one. I have another one. Oh, um, you're full of takes today. Well, just think about the... The belt. I know that they aren't above doing double belt champions and things like that, but at the moment, the SWA belt is tied up every time there's a tag team championship match. Oh, so, world title match. Exactly. So I've just got it's a feeling like that... like some of these smaller shows could use a token SWA. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Another belt for Momo not to get a shot at. So, oh, oh, you know, oh, you know, you could get rid of some of these belts. You never... Okay, it's fine. I'm going to... Um, so I think... yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, it could help the DDM descent thing. If that's the way you're going to go, I mean, ultimately, on the 27th, or it was either the 27th or the 27th, I can't remember, uh, Mike addressed up as a, in ALK gear, so mm-hmm. to prove a solidarity with DDM. So I don't know if that's actually going to go anywhere. We don't know, but even it's so... Like, for me, that strikes me as when a couple renews their vows a few months before they get divorced. <laughs> before they start an affair. Um yeah. Oh, the affair already started. <laughs> Semi-main then, Y Belt Championship match. Tam Nakano taking on Saya Kamatani. This, for me, is the hardest match to call. Yeah, because there's been no fucking build. There's been no build at all. Been, there was one match at the start of this tour. That's it. it and like, I understand Saya's been injured, but like there were other shows. But the match is going to be good. The match is going to be fine. It's Tam and Saya, of course, is going to be good. Um, there's stuff you can throw onto it again. They have previous, but that wasn't put across in the story. So I think adding that, uh, while well, it's it's not verbalized text, so I think adding that would basically be adding your fan fiction to this title match. I think it's pretty straightforward, and I can see either person winning. I'd like Tam to win just because she's not had a fair shake of it with the white belt. Um, because if you remember, she was the hottest thing going into um, Budokan. Like she was over like Rover, and now meh. Yeah. If Tam wins, who would you like to see her? Who would you like to see challenger for the white belt? Uh, I don't think she'd depend because the five star will be at the end of next month. It, it starts the end, end of July in this very end, building. 
at end of so like I don't think she'll have another defense before for white belt. So I'll wait to see her block and let you know. Okay. I actually, think... I wouldn't be surprised if a block were announced in this show. It wouldn't surprise me either. That's actually a great shout. That is a great shout. Yeah, because it starts. It's in this building, so it makes sense. Oh, it starts in, in the Budokan. That's yeah. mad, because the Yokohama Budokan show was was going to be a, ma- a random show in the middle of the five-star. Yeah, and then it got it's the 20... And then it ends, I think, in O Towards City Gym on the 25th of September. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, it's going, it's going over... That's very clever. Two pa- have to pay, make three payments to see the five-star. Well done. <laughs> um, I think Tam will win as well. Um, but if Saya does win... I'm absolutely fine with that. I don't mind. Uh, we've talked a lot about Utami and Tora, so I'm not going to spend also, a lot of time on also, that. Quickly, that. That is an issue with this title match because sh- after a build, you should have a fucking side. Yeah, I, I get that. And when you've got a face and a heel like in the main event, it's a little bit easier. But when they're, you know, when both Saya and Tam are either babyface or tweener, it's a little bit more difficult mm. to do it just yeah. on character. I just realized I didn't really give my actual predictions. If I was predicting, it would be Mina, Stars, Tam, Utami. If I was booking, it would be Mina, Stars, um, Tam, um, Tora. So the only change you would book is Tora winning? Yeah. Okay, well, unfortunately, I have the exact same picks as you. I mean, like, it's not like we were doing a competition, because we'd have to get Garth involved, and he's going to go, what the fuck is a sire? <laughs> You naggy, that's an eel. What are we on about? Um, but yeah, so... But I hardly know her. <laughs> that's the pay-per-view that is coming up on the 4th of July. I am just going to put this over because I'm looking at the tour post now. That badge is fucking great. Proper 60s, hippie 60s. It's amazing. Yeah, it's quite a cool logo. Um, but yeah, that's the pay-per-view coming up on the 4th of July, like I said, English commentary. It doesn't um, look like it's going to be on Samurai, unfortunately. It doesn't look like it's going to be on Samurai, so if you want to watch it live, it looks like you are going to have to fork out. I'm sure if it is on Samurai, somebody on Twitter or on Discord will put the link in there for you. It starts at 9am if you are in England. If you are, let me um, just um, see. Um, um, th- th- wait, fucking, if you are in England, fuck off. If you are in England or it's many, many places we've colonized, it is in... <laughs> no, if you're at 9am... Oh, sorry, if you're in the UK, it's 9am. If you're in Japan, it's 5pm, 4am uh, Eastern Time, 1am Pacific. The English beat Germany and suddenly we're all up in their fucking high house. <laughs> um, right, last thing then before we disappear. We've got a couple of questions. So, taking to Twitter first... Um, Matt B on Twitter, very quick question. Which stable would Lady C have the most upside in, Chris? Um, honestly, right now, stars, because there's no one else. Um, in terms of who she'd fit in, it would be Queen Quest. I think she'd fit best in. So not but, Cosmic Angels. That is where the story was going. It was, and they seem to have dropped it. Dropping a Tam storyline, that's a surprise. Um... I don't know. I mean, like the only because every stable, I like if she went into DVDM, she'll be a pin eater. Actually, whatever stable she she'll go in is she'll be a pin eater. But I'd I'd say stars just because just because there's no one else there, she'd have more chance to shine. Mm-hmm. I guess because it's so barren. 
Um, she's got good chemistry with the rest of DDM, mm. but well, that's because that's the only one we we think about because that's the only one she's teamed with in a major match. You think about it as well, DDM. With the the complaint we have about DDM is that they don't yeah. have an inherent pin eater because you yeah, can't no, just like constantly pin Natsupoy. The question wasn't where would you put them. The question was where would she have the most upside. If it was where I'd put them, it would definitely be EDM because they need a Panita. So where would she have the most upside? Stars, because there's because no, yeah she wouldn't because she the only person who'd really be above her is Mayu and Kogama. Everyone else is rookies, so well everyone else is Hannon. <laughs> you you'd argue that Hannon. Well, you say she'd that. Don't slightly, forget you have got two members of Stars are injured. Yeah, but they are to come they, back, but they won't be back for a while. No. I saw someone say that they thought Jungle Kiona might be back for the five star. I'd be incredibly surprised. Incredibly. Um, like if you saw if you saw her at the Hannah show, she was handled with absolute care. She was. She was walking, but she did nothing else. Um Lone Saber on Twitter. Hello, Lone Saber. Um it you looks say like hello to the other guy. I did. Oh, well, sorry. Hello, might be. Um, it looks like Momo has finally got her custom merchandise series. Maybe we can dream a little push, or do you think it's just to get along other Queen's Quest members' merchandise series? Uh, the second one. Um, I think that she is getting her own because the rest of Queen's Quest have them. I think I, I think it's because everyone in Salem gets merch. I think, that's, I think um, that's all it is. They've released a load of Aphrodite stuff, haven't they? So Yeah, so... Um, yeah. That it, she will probably get a push, but that's because everyone on the roster eventually gets a push. Exactly. I mean, Inagi recently had a fucking push. She might still. She might get the championship. Yeah. Um, we really, really cover future about a push. Pip out on Discord. This is the last question. I think we're, I feel like we've covered a little bit of this, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Um, what are these draws telling us about Utami's reign? Is she seen as weak for not being able to get a legit win? That was my concern when, not necessarily in all of them, but when she drew with Konami, that was my main issue because, you know, Konami is in Oida Tai. She's facing, you know, the final boss level of Oida Tai in, in Natsukatora and she can't even beat the underling. That, I feel like, displayed her as weak. I feel like... I feel like she's fighting an uphill battle having not headlined... Especially, she, especially Yokohama. She doesn't feel like a final boss. She feels like our boss. Tora or Yutami. Yutami. Yeah. She feels. I think Tora would feel more like a final boss, but one of those bullshit ones which gets all its health bar back, health bar back when you're about to beat it. Yeah. Um, I feel like not headlining that Yokohama Budokan show. You, you, I understand the All Star Budokan one. That's that's by the by, but oh, yeah, not we... headlining under the tag belts with no storyline going forward. And, and not headlining many shows. Yeah. And many like B show shows. So like Yeah, she's coming off as much weaker than the last few champions. And I can't speak for the booking of people before B really because that's when I came in and I've come went back and watched but like not all in order. So honestly she does feel weaker than B did in terms of like booking. Who feels bigger at the top of the card, Chris? Utami or Julia? Julia, definitely. Yeah, exactly. And that is where I have an issue. I don't have an issue with Julia. I think Julia's great. 
I think her and Siri are a great team, but when she is the biggest star of the company, above your champion... Because there's also presentation, because when Julia comes down, um, especially with, like, her music, it's, like, hell descended. It's, like, ridiculously badass, whereas Itami, she didn't really feel badass in the rain until the entrance of Shiri. No, I disagree. I disagree. I feel like she's grown into it. She's grown into it, but, like, she's grown into it forcefully, not through stardom's whim. She's... I think she has... She's done better as champion, I feel like than stardom thought she would mm-hmm. um, they, that's clear by how good she's been um next to how um because look she's one of my top five champions of the year and like she's among such illustrious company as yuki ueno jenekiana and roman reigns oh yuki ueno he's fucking good like you can't mock me because you haven't seen his fucking matches you d- um, oh, he's the new kento Kento. I mean, Kento's not really been pushed in the main event so much. But actually, he, he was in the, the main league. event of that forty-five-minute triple threat. Yeah, but only to. But also, Yuma was definitely the MVP of that. Yuma's great. I love Yuma. Yuma's so good. He's above so, all his theme is so weird. <laughs> it's not weird. It's just it's like the most J-pop of J-pop ever. <laughs> we're getting distracted. And like, we are getting distracted. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Utami. Um, yeah, she feels big, but not because of the booking, because she's went out her way to be best, to be more of the sum of her booking. Basically, she doesn't feel bigger because of her booking. She feels bigger in spite of her booking. <laughs> Let me put it this way: If Julia went on to face the world of stardom champion, uh, to face her as world of stardom champion. It would feel like Julia was slight in terms of booking. It would feel like Julia was slightly muddying her hands with Utami just to get the red belt. Mm. Yeah, which shouldn't be the case. Not at all. Um, right, we'll leave it there then, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, we'll be back um, on either Monday or Tuesday, depending, um, so that we can review the Yokohama Dream Cinderella show. Um, so please keep your eye out on Twitter and on Discord for some announcements regarding that. Um, keep an eye out on the Podmania podcasting network as well. We've got a Podmania episode up on Friday as we record and Podmania Underground, which is our watch along with all of Lucha Underground. That's going to be out on Monday at 8 p.m. British Standard Time. And on Tuesday... Uh, we're going to have our Ring of Honor reviews. Our Pure Spective podcast is going to be out at 6 p.m. British Standard Time on Tuesday. So go and check that out. Um, in the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you think we've earned it, please give us a five-star review and a comment. It helps us shoot up those rankings and helps more people discover the podcast. Um, you can check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk for all our archived episodes and match ratings and the like. Um, you can find, join the Discord. It's linked in the podcast description. It's a great place to talk all things stardom. Um, you can find us on Twitter at, at the Stardomcast. You can talk to me on Twitter at, at RealRobGoodwin. Chris, where can they find you? Um, at John Pertree's Woke as Fuck. And we'll talk to you guys again (laughs) soon.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.